worship. So good, isn't it, to worship together? Um, let me just pray before we start. Father God, I just want to just thank you for this time together. That Lord God, I just pray, Lord God, that that Lord God, that our hearts will just open right now before you. That, Lord God, we want to hear your word for our lives. We want to hear what you have to say to us, God. And we just open ourselves to you right now, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that, that you will speak to each one of us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So in Proverbs 13, chapter 22, um, no, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, it says it's a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children. Um, have you ever had an inheritance? It's amazing. I don't know if that's anything that you've ever received or something that you know that's going to come. And it's, it's quite exciting, really, that you think, I'm going to get an inheritance. And you can look forward to it and you can be excited about it. But sometimes it can have, like, mixed feelings because if you're going to get an inheritance from somebody, it kind of, like, feels a bit like, well, actually, it's quite sad, really, because it means that somebody close to you or a friend or a relative has, has gone to, so that you could have this inheritance. And, and so sometimes you have this like mixed feeling. I've had times when um, like, um, you know, I've been like in need or financial need or something like that. And I've been praying about it and I've said to God, God, you know, please will you help me with this situation. And I try and start giving God ways of how you can help me. And I said, actually, God, what would be really, really great is if, you know, that I have this maybe a long lost auntie that I didn't even know about. I didn't know that she existed even. And she lived at the other side of the world. Maybe she even looked after cats or something. And she had no family or whatever except for me I'm the only family relative that she's got and she leaves me this great whopping inheritance does anyone else have that kind of like imagination or dream or is that just me just trying to yeah maybe it's just me (laughs) but now let me tell you that you have got a great inheritance. You've got a great inheritance to look forward to. You've got a great inheritance even now for you to receive. And um, what's the great thing about it is that, you know, that um, Jesus did die so that you could have this inheritance, but he is now alive. He's not dead anymore. And it's, and it's so, so we, it's like a double joy, really. We have this great and amazing, fantastic, whopping inheritance and in which Jesus died so that we could have it. But now he's alive and we can enjoy it with him too. Right, let's turn to Galatians chapter 3. I'm going to read a passage there. Galatians 3 from verse 23. Before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we're no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ. 
There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave or free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Chapter 4. What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by the father. So also, when we were underage, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God made you also an heir. So this passage is all about our identity. It's about who we are in Christ Jesus. It's about what we were before and what we have now become. It's talking about our faith in Christ Jesus is what makes us children of God. And it's saying if we are children of God... If God is our father and we are his children, then we are heirs. We are co-heirs with Christ. And so we have an inheritance that is coming to us. God, our father, has an amazing inheritance for each and every single person that's his child, for his children. We are his children when we put our faith in Christ Jesus So we can understand this passage in Galatians a little bit better if we go back in history and we look at um, the Old Testament and we look at the time when Moses um, brought the law to the Israelites. It was at a time when they were set free from slavery. They'd just come out of slavery and so Moses came and gave them this law, and this law was supposed to help them to know how they should live their lives. You see, they'd been living their lives in captivity. They'd been living their lives in captivity for hundreds of years, about 400 years. So all they had known was living in an abusive relationship to captivity by their slave masters, told what to do, where to go, how to live, how to behave. And so this law was there to help them to guide them and to show them, actually, the way... I want you to live as my people, as my children. I want you to live like this. And the law was supposed to help them to know how to be close to God, how to be in relationship with God, and how to be in relationship with each other. But the problem with um, the law was that... um, Well, there was no problem with the law. It was more with the people because... Time and time again, they fail to be obedient to the law. Because God said to them, if you are obedient to me, then um, you will be righteous. You will be righteous if you live in obedience to me. And I will help you with signs and wonders to take hold of the inheritance that I have got for you. 
But the people, they really struggled because they just failed time and time again to live by this law. This law was supposed to show that they were a different people, that they were righteous, they were holy, they were special, they were God's chosen people, God's special possession. But they still lived in slavery, not by the slave masters of the Egyptians, but by their own evil desires, by the cravings that they had for the things of this world. They were still in captivity by all the amazing things that were, they were now in freedom, that they, but they just want to take hold of all the things that were going on in the world for themselves. And it just locked them up even more, and they failed to... to to keep in line with what the law was trying to help them to do. You know, um, when we put our faith in Jesus, the law is no longer our guardian. This is something that is so wonderful and so amazing that the law is no longer our guardian. This is what this passage is saying, that, that actually in Jesus Christ, we have now something much better than a guardian. We have a heavenly father. We have the Holy Spirit that comes and lives inside us. We have Jesus Christ. That is so much better than a guardian. And Jesus comes and lives inside us and helps us to live our lives. He comes and transforms us from within. He restores us and makes us into who we were meant to be, who God created us to be, sets us free from slavery of the things of this world. We needed Jesus. We needed Jesus to set us free because the world was holding us in captivity. The world was stopping us from living as children of God. But now we are children of God. We are set free from the things of this world. And it says that in Galatians 4, verse 6 to 7, about, it says, Our Father sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are God's, his child, God has also made you into an heir. Can you imagine the enormity of that? Heavenly Father, God, who created absolutely everything, heaven and earth and everything in it, all of creation. He is our Father, and we are heirs of his kingdom. We are heirs to an amazing Father who's got so much for us. Now, outside of Christ, all that there is to know is what this world can offer us. See, if we didn't know Jesus Christ, if we don't live our lives for Jesus Christ, if we don't understand what it is that God has got for us, then all we can see is what is around us, what the world has to offer us. And it is a genuine temptation. See, there are amazing things in this world that looks to, that will promise to satisfy us, that promises to make us feel really good about ourselves. There are things in this world that's really tempting, and we, we want to run after those things, and we think that they're the things that are going to fulfill us and make us whole and restore us. But the problem... The problem with this world and putting our hope in this world and, and valuing the things in this world is that it only leads to destruction. 
It only leads to us to, to feel like we, we're alone or it damages us in some way and it locks us up and it makes us feel like this, we're dissatisfied because, because we weren't created to be fulfilled by this world. Do you know you weren't created to be fulfilled by this world? And that is why we feel dissatisfied by the things of this world. When we chase after the things in this world, we cannot be satisfied because we weren't created for this world. We were created for the inheritance that God has set aside for us. We were created for the inheritance that God has got for us to take hold of here and now. So what drives you? What motivates you in this life? Is it having a nice car, a nice house? Is it car? Is it fame? Is it recognition? Is it finance? Is it a career? Is it being successful, getting um, you know, the, the best grade you can have? Is it, is it like being accepted by people and people thinking you're amazing? What is it that drives you? You know, I know what it's like. I like having nice things. I like to have things done a certain way. I, you know, and I like people to like me. I like people to accept me. And, and so I, I know what it feels like to be driven by, by those kind of things. Because I want to be accepted. But if we measure ourselves up by the standards of this world then what we will find is that we are faced with competitiveness. We are faced with striving for something. We are faced with things like jealousy and corruption and because we, we're trying to get what we feel that this world can offer us. We constantly feel like we're not clever enough, we're not good enough, we're not, we're not beautiful enough, maybe we're not strong enough. So our faith in Christ Jesus allows us to see with eyes of faith. You know, the Bible talks about, when we read the Bible, we will see in the Bible, it tells us, don't live by what you see. Don't live by your circumstances, the things that you feel and the things that are going on around you. But live by faith. Live by faith, the promises that God has got for you. Because God says, I have an amazing inheritance for you, something for you. So live by faith, see what it is that I have got for you. And look at that, fix your eyes on that. Fix your eyes on Jesus and live by that. See, this passage in Galatians is talking about, about, um, about how Jesus has restored us into a relationship with our Father. Jesus has restored us into a relationship with our Father. We were created to have a relationship with a heavenly Father God. And now he has sent us as co-heirs of the kingdom of God. We're co-heirs of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is our inheritance. There is something greater than this world. There is something much more amazing, something much more wonderful, something that we have access to when we have faith in Christ Jesus, and that is the kingdom of God. You know, I believe if we understand 
about our inheritance, so what we have in, in Jesus Christ, so that he is there to restore us and to make us whole, our inheritance of, of having um, peace and security in him and comfort and guidance and wisdom and all the things that, that he has for us. When we understand the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus, I believe it will actually affect the kind of choices that you make. It will affect the way you live live your life. You know, when you were a child growing up, um, maybe your parents still said this to you, I don't know, but when you were a child growing up and you just felt like, you know, I feel like I'm a bit hungry, I feel like having a snack, and um, your parents would say, no, don't have a snack, your dinner is coming, and um, I don't need to have a snack because it'll ruin your appetite. You know, this is what it's like when we, we look at the things in this world to satisfy us that actually there is something better to come. See, our parents know that if we snack on this snack right now, that we're not going to get the nourishment from our meal because we won't feel hungry from it. It's like this fast feast. It's amazing. You know, maybe, maybe think about, actually, what's it feel like to actually feel that physical hunger? Can I actually make that make me think, this is, must be what it's like to be physically hungry for the things of God, for the kingdom of God, to want in the things of God. There is something so much better for us. And if we try and satisfy our needs right here, right now, and the things that we see, the things that are going on in this world, then we're going to miss out on the amazing, the most, what's better and what is to come. Revelations 21 um, and 22 describes a new heaven and a new earth, and it describes to us the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is our inheritance, is this place, this wonderful place where there's no more crying, there's no more pain. He wipes away every tear. There's no mourning, there's no death. He's made everything new. Everything that we know right now will pass away. There's nothing in this world that will be the same because everything will be made new. And God and man will dwell together. This is amazing, isn't it? Our inheritance in God is so much better than what we can see right here and now. There's kind of like an expectation on us when, um, you know, when we're about to receive an inheritance, there is an expectation. There's an expectation in how we live our lives. Um, and we see that a lot in movies as well and in real life that, you know, people who are going to get an ex- who's going to get inheritance, there is an expectation upon them. And I recently watched this movie called The Greatest Showman um, at the cinema. Great film. Loved it. All the singing and dancing. Um, and there was this expectation upon this promising young writer. He was this young writer, he was a really good writer, he was doing really well. And his parents um, were really, really rich. But he fell in love with a poor girl who was one of the acts in the show. And, um, and his parents said, you have to finish it. Because if you don't finish this relationship, then we're going to write you out of our will. You're not going to in- inherit. You need And in the end, he was written out of the world. He didn't inherit what his parents had for him. There is an expectation upon us. There's um, a story about a rich young ruler in Matthew. 
and he came up to Jesus and he said to Jesus, Jesus, um, what can I do to be saved? And Jesus said to him, uh, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your mind and all your soul and love your neighbours yourself. And he says, Jesus, I've already, I already do that. I, I've been obeying the commands since the beginning, of, since I was a young boy. I've, this is how I live my life. And so Jesus said to him, well, sell all your possessions and come and follow me. And he went away sad. And Jesus said, it's really, really hard for someone who's rich to enter into the kingdom of God. You see, nothing is impossible with God. But if our hopes, if our desires, if what we want is in this world more than, and we put more value on those things in this world than on following Jesus Christ, then it makes it really hard for us to enter the kingdom of God. It makes it hard for us to, to know fully what, the, what, the, what, what we have for us, what God has got for us. You know, I passionately believe that when we understand the value of the glory that awaits us, when we know that we are heirs of something so much greater than what we see right here now, that actually we will be able to endure whatever life um, throws at us, whatever situations, whatever difficulties that come, because our eyes are, are fixed on Jesus. We have eyes of faith. We know there's something better to come. So when things start coming at us that are really hard and really difficult, we look and we see, actually, there is something better for us to come. I can endure all this. I can endure the difficulties. I can endure the sickness. And I can believe God for healing because that's the kingdom of God. And I can believe God for his provision because he promised me that he will provide for me and he will never leave me or forsake me. But if all, none of that happens, if I never see God's provision, if I never get healed from this sickness, I know that there is something better for me coming to me. Paul talks about in Philippians 3 that whatever was gained to him, he now considers as loss. He now considers as garbage all the things that he could have gained in this world, all the things that he could have, have, have made for himself, the reputation and the, and the standing that he had. He considers it all as garbage, as junk, as rubbish compared to knowing Christ Jesus. And he says in, that, in, in Philippians 3 about how he is now straining ahead as he presses on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called him heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Pressing on towards the prize that God has got for him in heaven in Christ Jesus. His goal is living for Jesus Christ. The prize is, is his inheritance. His prize is the kingdom of God. And that is the same for us. Genesis 25, there's a story about Esau. And um, 
Esau was the oldest son, and he had a birthright. He, you know, because he was the oldest, there was a birthright for him, an inheritance for him. And he'd been out hunting. He'd been out for quite a long time doing a bit of hunting, and and he must have been um, out for a long time because when he came back, he was absolutely famished. He was so so hungry. And there was Jacob there making a nice pot of stew, stirring it, and and all this smell was going everywhere and it smelled really really nice and all Esau could think about was his hunger in that moment he was absolutely famished and he smelt this stew and it smelled absolutely gorgeous I don't know about you but whenever if you ever gone home and your parents have been cooking a really nice meal and you're really hungry and then you smell this food and it's so nice and all you want to do is just eat it because of your hunger and the smell it's like oh I can't resist it well Jacob said to Esau um, um, if you sell me your birthright then I will give you um, some of this stew And Esau's like, well, what good is my birthright? I'm hungry now. I'm going to die because I'm starving. And um, so he sold his birthright to Esau, to Jacob. And in Genesis 25, it says this, that Esau despised his birthright. Esau despised his birthright, his inheritance, because he valued having instant satisfaction, instant gratification more than is inheritance. It's so tempting, isn't it, to despise your inheritance. You might not even realize you're despising your inheritance, but we are tempted to despise our inheritance when we feel like, actually, do you know what? That is so long ago. That is like too far away. I can't wait for that. But I'm, I want this right now. In fact, if I have this right now, then everything's going to be all right. If I have this right now, then I know that all things are going to be fine. In fact, if I just make this happen for myself, then I'll feel really happy and really satisfied When we think that what is in front of us will satisfy us us more than the things of God, then we are being deceived in selling out on our birthright. Everything this world can offer us is garbage compared to what we have in Christ Jesus. We have to look at our hearts constantly and we have to ask God to help us and say, God, I want you to satisfy me. I want you to be the one that that I am running after. Help me, God. And we have to ask God to help us with these things because it is a challenge. It is a challenge when we have needs, when we have longings and when we have desires and all these things are coming up and, and we have to find, how do we find the strength to resist? Well, when we live with eyes of faith and not by sight, then we will find it easier to resist the temptations that will come. Now, I find I have to catch myself when I start feeling down or when I feel lack or in need. I have to catch myself. I have to actually remind myself that what I have in Christ Jesus is so much more. You know, when I'm sat thinking, oh, do you know what? Oh, I really would love that. Oh, you know, why have I not got this? Or why is that not happening for me? Or, you know, and I start thinking and whinging and whining and moaning about things like that. 
I have to remind myself that actually in Christ Jesus, the inheritance that I have in him, going seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is so much better than anything than this world can offer me. Spend time in his presence. Spend time enjoying him. And it will help you to realign all those desires, all those dreams, and all those things that you think that you need right here and now. When you spend time in his presence, loving him and enjoying him, when you spend time reading your word and and thinking about him, it just realigns everything for you in your heart and mind. I think that... um, the Bible, worship, prayer, and living in community with God's children is like coating our life in Teflon. You know, Teflon, that stuff that nothing sticks to it. I mean, I've got some Teflon pans, but things still stick to it. I don't know why. But, but you know, the Teflon, it's like coating your life in Teflon. Nothing is meant to stick to Teflon. And we have to realize that when we spend time with God's people, reading our Bible, in worship and in prayer, we are coating our lives with Teflon to stop ourselves from being deceived by the things of this world. You see, we can all build these walls around us we can all think you know I I want to have a nice comfy life I want it nice and easy I want to protect myself and and, you know I don't want to you know to be in vulnerable relationships and you know I just want to protect myself I want to be comfortable and, and everything to be really nice but the thing is God is calling you to something so much greater than that You have an amazing calling on your life. You are called to something greater than a nice, comfortable, perfect-looking life. We are despising our inheritance when we live for our own satisfaction, when we are living for the here and now. In fact, we are still slaves to the things of this world. When we, we want to be satisfied by the things of this world, we're still slaves. And we, and we can miss out on so many amazing things because we are not meant to be slaves. We are meant to be children of God, his sons, his daughters. You know, I believe that, um, that God has put... Um, um, in each of us, amazing abilities, giftings, talents. You know, maybe we've got an ability to be successful. Maybe we're able to make finance. Maybe we have an amazing career and, and all these things. I believe that God has given you that ability for all of those things because he wants to use you to be a source of blessing to the people around you. Those gifts and those talents that God has put in you was not just for your own benefit. They weren't ever meant to be your source. They weren't ever meant to be there for you to rely on or for you to find value and worth in. They were never meant to be any of those things. God gave you those things so that you could 
could be a source of blessing to the people around you. So that you, as a co-heir with Christ Jesus, you are advancing the kingdom of God by all the gifts and talents and the abilities that he's put within you. Let's challenge ourselves daily. Let's go to God and say to God, God, what am I putting my hopes in? God, the choices and the decisions that I'm making today, is it to advance your kingdom? The choices and the decisions I make today, is it because I want to fulfill my insecurities and make myself feel better or make myself look good? Or am I doing this for your kingdom? Am I doing this to advance your kingdom? Ask God. And he will speak to you. Ask him to help you with that. You know, the times when I get low and down and depressed and and upset about life and and all the rest of it, are the times when I have to say to myself, Judith, are you settling for the bowl of stew right now? Are you settling for the things that you can see right now? The times when I'm most excited, the most happy, the most passionate, the most fulfilled is when I'm like pursuing the things of God, when I'm like, I'm like trying to advance the kingdom of God with his, by the power of his Holy Spirit, when I, when I see how God is moving in people's lives and it, and it stirs me up and it makes me passionate as well, you know. You know, we can just come to God and we can say, God, I want to desire the things of you. I don't want to settle for the things that I see. I don't want to settle for, but I want to live for your inheritance. I want to live for your kingdom. I want to love your inheritance. I want to love your kingdom. I want to seek first the things that you have got for me and the things that you want me to do. Do you really want to settle? Do you really want to settle if it means despising the things, the wonderful things that God has got for you? Um, Is it okay if everyone just stands up for a minute? I'd love for us all just to respond in this moment. Just pray. Father God, I just want to just thank you, God, that for your amazing inheritance that you have for us. And Lord God, I just want to just say sorry for the times when I've despised your inheritance. I want to say sorry, Lord God, right now in my heart, Lord God, and say, Lord God, I'm sorry, God, when I've sought satisfaction from this world I sought satisfaction from the things that I could gain I sought satisfaction from having people give me affirmation and and recognition God I want my satisfaction to be in you and you alone Lord God Lord God I just pray for every single one of us here in this room That, Lord God, that there will be absolutely nothing that any of us can't let go of. 
Lord God, I just pray that, that you will bring to our hearts and minds those things that have become so precious to us, so meaningful to us, that we've just said, God, I can't ever let that go. I can't ever live without that. And Lord God, I just pray for any of us, Lord, that are in that situation that we will see with eyes of faith that what you have for us is so much better. That living for you and seeking first your kingdom and your inheritance that you have for us, that we can live as children of God and not as slaves, that you restore us and makes us us whole and you send us as co-heirs into the kingdom of God. Lord God, just pray for each and every one of us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.